Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. It's good to be back with you after about three weeks away. This has been a busy season for me, full of travel, but I'm home for now, and I'm so glad I can get this episode of All Things Done with you this evening. Before I dive into today's episode, I just want to share with you the good news that my first book ever will be launched into the world next week on Tuesday. It's called Enough About Me, Find Lasting Joy in the Age of Self, and you can purchase it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or ChristianBook.com or really anywhere that books are sold. You can find out more about the book and read some great reviews, for example, by Publishers Weekly and some wonderful endorsements by people like Jackie Hill Perry, Nancy Guthrie, Melissa Kruger, Emily Jensen, Hunter Bielis, Tim Challies, Jeff Metters, Jonathan Dodson, people I all really admire who were so kind to endorse my book. You can read more about that at jenoshman.com if you go to my website. My prayer is that this book will honor the Lord and that it will serve many readers very well and draw them closer to Him. So I would be thrilled if you would check it out and maybe even buy a copy for yourself and maybe everybody you know if you like the book. Well, today on today's episode, we're going to dive into something that has been a hot topic in my household for the last couple days. I don't know if it's been on your radar at all. Maybe it's something you've really been thinking about, or maybe it's something that's just kind of been in the background and you're not really aware of. Well, it's the coronavirus infectious disease 19 or COVID-19. Well, yesterday the CDC warned Americans that it's no longer questioning if the COVID epidemic will become a pandemic and sweep across America, but now it's a question really of when. So it's no longer if it's going to happen, but most likely when is it going to happen. As of this recording, the COVID virus is in 48 countries. It's on all the continents except Antarctica. More than 80,000 people across the world have contracted the disease and nearly 3,000 have died again. That's just of this recording, but the numbers are going up every day. There are towns that are locked down in quarantine in Italy, where we actually have some colleagues and friends who are church planters and they are in their homes. Schools are closed. Churches are closed. Gatherings are no longer being held in public in that region. As of today, Japan has closed its public schools early. They have a normally scheduled spring break, but they went ahead and closed their doors for over a month so that students will be away from their school for over the next month. Iran has canceled public prayer gatherings. There's even talk that the Summer Olympics in Japan could very well be canceled. That decision is going to be made within the next 90 days. Well, as you know, this disease is very transmissible. And so despite great efforts to quarantine those who have had it and to provide early testing, it has already really gotten away from us. It's already across the globe. And those who have it are likely to infect, experts say, one and a half to three and a half other people. So the CDC is telling us it's time to prepare for it. It is most likely going to start affecting all of us across the U.S., maybe within weeks or maybe later this spring. Some epidemiologists project that it will cause some damage this spring, but then that the disease will probably go quiet this summer and then maybe be especially destructive this coming fall. Projections are, of course, totally uncertain. No one can predict the future. But multiple articles I've read, many interviews with different epidemiologists, they've said that probably a big chunk of the American population is going to get COVID. It's hard to really come to terms with that, but that is the projection. Experts are saying maybe 30% or even 40%, 50%. Some are projecting as high as 70% of the American population might get COVID. 
Well, in China, a study based on 45% of the people who have contracted the disease, we have learned the following. 80% of those infected have had mild cases. So that kind of feels like good news. 80% have had mild cases. 15% of cases have been pretty serious. Then 5% of cases have needed intensive treatment. And 2.5% of people who've contracted COVID have passed away. Those who are most at risk are the elderly and people with underlying health issues or lung issues. The disease does attack the lungs. So many people end up suffering and even dying from pneumonia caused by COVID. Well, interestingly, children are not really contracting the disease as much as adults are. And the reason for that is still really unknown. So much about the disease is still totally unknown. We only know just a little bit and we're learning more every day. But researchers speculate that maybe kids aren't really getting it because children so frequently have the common cold. There are actually six known coronaviruses. Two of them are the infamous SARS and MERS. So those are two epidemics from recent history where SARS and mares were in fact very deadly, but they were not very widespread. They were not very contagious. So that's two of the coronaviruses that we know of. There's four others, and they're really just variations of the common cold. So the thought is that maybe because kids so frequently have colds and they get colds all the time, that they have their immunities more built up presently in their bodies against COVID. And so they're fighting it off really quickly, whereas adults are not. But from what we know from China, 2.5% of people who get it die from it. So if we do see this 30, 40, 50, 70% of the American population or global population contracting COVID and 2.5% of that group ends up dying, really, we are all going to be so deeply impacted by what is coming up ahead. So we ourselves may not die and maybe our immediate family members won't die, Lord willing. We pray that that would not happen. But if this epidemic does sweep across our country in the way the CDC currently thinks that it's going to, it's very possible and maybe even probable that each of us are going to know someone or maybe even several people who are going to be killed by this disease. So just for some context, a very bad flu season kills 0.1% of those who get the flu. So 2.5% is over 200 times that number of deaths. So if this comes to pass, it is really going to rattle our nation. It's really going to rattle our way of life. It's going to be um, or just a big upset across the entire globe. So what should we be doing? I mean, this is part of what we've been talking about in my house lately. We're pretty like news focused people in our home. So we've been aware of this virus now for the past several weeks. And we've, we're like, what should we do? I have to confess, I feel a little bit silly even saying this, but I have been anxious about the coronavirus. I have been anxious about COVID because my family travels a lot and we actually have a lot of travel plans coming in the next three months. We plan to be in a number of different countries and on three different continents in the next few months. And we actually plan to go to Japan where there's over 800 cases right now because of some ministry activities that we are going to be engaged in. So to be totally honest and frank with you, I have been worried and I am I'm a little bit worried and maybe maybe even my worry is growing a little bit. So assuming that we are still able to travel, assuming that we still go, that we're not under like any government imposed quarantine, 
I can tell you now that I'm sure to be over the top and maybe a little bit crazy with me and my kids washing our hands, telling everybody they need to be, you know, stop touching their faces. Everyone's going to get their own personal package of Clorox wipes. We're going to have Purell dangling from our belts. I will be lecturing my family all the live long day about um, not touching surfaces or their faces and keeping clean. The only way it sounds like right now to prevent this disease is to stay clean, to wash your hands, to wash surfaces, to keep your hands off your face. So I'm going to be crazy about that with myself and with my family if and when we do travel. It is possible, it sounds like, that maybe a quarantine could happen. I'm not trying to sound alarmist or weird or be overly anxious. I'm literally just repeating what the CDC is saying. And they have said a quarantines could happen. So my family is going to be buying a little bit of extra non-perishable food. You know, I am not talking by any means about any sort of doomsday preparations at all. Nothing even really drastic, but maybe just a, a couple extra weeks of non-perishable food, some extra vitamins, some extra medicine, just in case we aren't really able to leave our home or that we aren't really able to go grocery shopping. We'll just do that. But here in Colorado, the state is already, as of today on the news, the Colorado state is already urging people to go ahead and go shopping and prepare for the outbreak like we might prepare for a snowstorm. So if you had to be locked in your home because of a big snowstorm, how would you prepare? We'll go ahead and do that for the COVID outbreak if it's coming. And they're saying essentially be ready to stay home, be ready to check on your loved ones, especially to check in with family members who might be older to see if they need anything. So it feels like these steps are helpful. They're not too crazy, but they're steps we would be taking anyway, you know, food we would be buying anyway. And these steps are going to hopefully provide just some peace of mind as we try to follow the best practices that are being encouraged by the CDC. But here's what I want to just close us with today. Here's where I really think you and I need to be prepared. Here's where I think it's important to view the COVID outbreak, this coronavirus outbreak through a biblical lens. We need to, I think, to be preparing ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually for this possible epidemic, this outbreak that might sweep across the nation. Now, we who live here in the wealthy West, the wealthy West where you and I live, we have so much superficial control over our lives, don't we? If we have a headache, we pop an Advil. If we have a broken arm, we go to urgent care. If we're cold in our home, we turn up the heat. If our car breaks down, we take it to the mechanic or we buy a new one. Even those of us here in the wealthy West who are maybe in the lower middle class or lower class, I'm not talking about people who are especially impoverished, but maybe those who are less wealthy or less comfortable than most Americans. Even in that lower income bracket, we have a ton of support and safety around us. The vast majority of us in the wealthy West can have food. We can have medicine. We can have shelter. We have quality life-saving care available to us in the vast majority of cases and in lives and families across our country. This age that we live in where medicine is advanced, technology is advanced, we do have extreme wealth in our context. I believe it has caused us to feel invincible. I know I do. I feel like, oh, these things can't really touch me. I'm safe from these things. Those crises are out there. War and famine and sickness, it's out there. It doesn't happen to us. We don't suffer like other people do in the world. We are well-fed. We are well-cared for more than any other people group anywhere in the world or any time in history. So I think it feels like we're just used to growing up and behaving like we're just unbreakable people. 
And I think that's one reason why Kobe Bryant's recent death was so upsetting and so disturbing to so many Americans. Of course, he was a hero for many reasons, but just here was a guy who really had it all. He had everything that money could buy. He had plenty of safety measures in place in his life, plenty of options for protecting his family, plenty of opportunities for getting the best of the best for everything. And yet he still died tragically and unexpectedly. And his daughter did too. Even Kobe Bryant, who has everything at his fingertips, he could not ensure that he would live another day. And his life and his daughter's life were cut short. And that was probably due to poor human judgment in the face of bad weather. You know, we're looking back at the accident and going, ultimately, it looks like probably fog and low visibility and the mistake of the pilot caused these two precious humans and seven others to die prematurely in the prime of their lives. So their deaths remind us that none of us can command life and death. None of us, not even the wealthiest of us, can control when and where we are born and ultimately when and where we will die. This is just not in your hands or mine. And as I say on almost every episode of all things, it's God who gives life and breath and everything else. That's in the book of Acts in chapter 17. When we we know that we are not self-created, that we do have a maker, we do have a creator, and he's the one who determines when and where we should live. He numbers our days. He knows about COVID. He is sovereign and good, and he is over this virus and the outbreak and the epidemic or pandemic that it might become. You know, many places in the Old Testament, like Job and Deuteronomy and 1 Samuel, it says that God is the one who gives both life and death. He is the one who determines the lengths of our days. You know, James reminds us that our lives are a mist, it says. Our lives are a vapor. In other words, our lives are very brief. We are only on this earth for a short while, just a few years or a few decades, and then this life is over. But for us, for we who are in Christ, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to our Savior and have accepted His free gift of salvation, we know this is really the before life or the pre-parties, so to speak. We know we have the new heaven and the new earth to look forward to that's described so beautifully in Revelation chapter 21. We know that that is real and that is coming, praise God. But the questions that I think we Christians need to be asking ourselves right now is this, are we spending our one and only life in the best way possible? Are you and I loving God and loving others? Are we making the most of each day and each opportunity to be a light and to shine the light of Christ and to love our neighbors as ourselves? Are we spending ourselves, our resources, our time, our money? Are we spending all that we have on all that is really important, on the things that really matter? Are you and I investing in eternity right now? So the best way, I think, to prepare for the coronavirus outbreak in our own communities is to examine our own hearts. If the end is near, and it could be because of this disease, or it could be because of a helicopter crash or any number of unforeseen things that you and I cannot control. If the end is near, are we ready? Have we been busy about God's business? Have we tended to what he has asked us to tend to? Have we spent ourselves on his behalf? Have we poured ourselves out on his behalf? And have we served other people? So if the CDC is right, if this COVID thing is coming... 
How might you and I live in these uncertain times? How might we adjust what we care about and what we pursue? Let's not miss this chance to refocus and recalibrate our priorities. Let's not numb ourselves to reality and to the brevity of life. Let's not just scroll through this on social media or play games on our phone or keep storing up for ourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and viruses destroy. Let's store up for ourselves treasures in heaven in the midst of these uncertain times. So how can we be doing that? Well, one way to do that for sure is for you and I to run towards suffering, to run towards this virus. In other words, rather than hunkering down and hiding when COVID comes into our communities, how can we minister to others? You know, Christians have a rich, rich history of going towards life-threatening illnesses, whether it was the Black Death or smallpox or any historical epidemic. There has always been a light shining in the darkness, and that has been the followers of Christ serving the ill and the dying. So our communities might not look like communities that were ravaged by the plague during the Middle Ages. Okay, that's probably not what this is going to look like. But if this epidemic sweeps the U.S., then for sure there will be plenty of sick people, but also very anxious people, a lot of worry and fear and heartache in our midst. Let's you and I stand ready to minister to people physically, but also emotionally and relationally. Let's stand ready to share the love of Jesus, to share the eternal security that is found only in Him. My encouragement to you and me is this. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. As James says in chapter four, let's not boast about tomorrow. We don't know what the Lord wills. We don't know his plans for us tomorrow or the next day or the next, but we know him. We know him who holds the future. We know he who holds it in his kind and capable hands. So how can we serve him in the face of uncertainty? So yes, stay up on the news, stay tuned into the CDC, the warnings that they present to you in your own community, in your own state. Go get some extra groceries. Stop touching your face. Go get some extra vitamin C, but also be sobered by your own mortality, the brevity of your own life, and examine how you're living and ask the Lord to help you live in such a way that your love for Him and your love for others is evident. I'm going to be asking Him, and I hope you will too, to help me to be bold and brave, to share the promises that we have in Jesus in the face of viruses and accidents and every sorrow that might come our way. You guys, our God is kind, and He does not stand far off. He invites us to cast our anxieties on Him, so let's do that. He asks us to be present. He asks us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. So let's do that. Let's not be after self-preservation, but let's be after Christ exaltation. Well, thanks for listening to All Things With Me, John Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now. 